Good morning. Well, my voice is a little rough there. Good morning and welcome to the weekly roundtable. C-SPAN here. Got a few announcements I want to get out of the way and then uh, we can jump right into it with our guests this week. So the first announcement uh, is my man Geronimo and he is moving to Salt Lake City. Uh, talk about a high impact man. Um, just a guy who's really had an impact on me and I know a lot of guys in the Charlotte area. So Salt Lake City, get yourself ready for some Ranger panties and a guy who can really push the pace. So get ready. Geronimo is on his way. So safe uh, prayers for safe and safe travel to that family. Next one on my list is uh, Run Ranger Run, the Patriot Challenge. Make sure you get your mileage in. If you don't have a team to join, feel free to join the F3 Roundtable team. Uh, the Coop Dog Challenge, we're going to try and get um, 56 miles over the month of February. Um, three different modes of transportation. Um, Coop has already sent me the text that his legs are already sore and we're, we haven't even made it the first week. So uh, make sure you get your mileage uh, logged in. And the last thing on my list this week for announcements is I just want to wish a very happy respect birthday to my virtual workout brother who I've worked out more with in 2020 um, and so far in 2021 than anybody else, F3 Wally from Princeton. Happy 50th birthday. So. Jumping right into uh, today's topics, and uh, we have a uh, kind of a mix of topics. And if anybody's around, uh, Dread understand that there will be a mix of topics. Um, Dread, let's start with the easy stuff first. Who eh you? How long you've been doing F3? Um, well, I was actually eh before F3 started by Zoot in Charlotte, who is not actually an F3 guy. He's a Campos guy. And he aged me in the summer of 2007 um, at the Foxcroft Pool, August of 2007. So uh, I guess I've been doing F3 from the start. I did Campos for a year and a half because that was a year and a half or so-ish before we started F3. And, you know, I've never asked you this question, but... Um, did any of the Campos guys truly not convert to F3? Are they still there? Are those guys still yeah. steady? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, is, Mo most so that them, they're still... Most of them, yeah. Most of them so the, did not. Um, and, and I've got to figure that's another 20 or something guys that are just pseudo F3 still doing it in Freedom Park or... So well, I don't think they'd like being called pseudo F3, but uh, I think they'd call us pseudo Campos. They'd call us pseudo Campos, but yeah, so I, you know, I can never remember, you know, how many times I've talked about this or where I might be in free to lead, I can't recall. But uh, Campos was the predecessor workout to F3. It was, if you went to a Campos workout, you would recognize many of the elements of F3. You would say there's some elements that are different, but... It's a, a peer-led men's workout uh, that meets every Saturday at 7 a.m. and has for years and years and years. Uh, they don't do a COT. They don't explicitly acknowledge the three Fs, although I would say that they implicitly acknowledge them, at least when I was there. Um, and I don't think they have other weekday workouts they may have. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. Um, and I believe, from what I hear, that they're still in that kind of 15, 20 range. They still have a lot of guys. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, there's uh, and I know, and I'm very friendly with many of them. They just kept going doing campos, and some guys also added a little F three in as well. So like Hitman, or you know, there's a there's a few guys like that. So um, that's cool. Yeah, there, it's it's um, I wouldn't call it pseudo F three. I'd say it's a it's another men's boot camp leadership boot camp. Well, and and see, this is the difference between it's my podcast, so I'm going to say. They're all trying to be like us. Even if we copy them, <laughs> they're still trying to be like us. So, uh, okay. well, I, okay. <laughs> all right. So, and well, and I, I've got a, like a kind of just a weird collection of topics I want to go over with you because guys had uh, texted me and asked me about all these different stuff, and I'm I'm just going to go through them and we're going to play a little rapid fire with Dread uh, today. Are you up for it? Whatever you want to do, brother. I'll try to hang on. Okay. Well, let's start with the first one. So uh, before we started recording, I, you and I had a long conversation about QSource and about just kind of the momentum it's built up there. Um, I think we should start off with a little bit of we're in, uh, we're in Get Right, and why don't you just, uh, for the pod taxers, um, I, I met you when you started, you know, you and I, I knew when you were writing this, you were injured and you were kind of going through this and... Um, and I was very impressed that you you were so dedicated to this writing, but I don't know if you ever thought it was going to end up here. Similar to F3 story, did you ever think QSource would end up here? And I know you've got a really just a really great team pushing it forward now, and you've got a lot of momentum. Why don't you, for the podcasters, why don't you talk a little bit about QSource and maybe getting right and just some advice um, as they're making their plans around Q1? Yeah, sure. That's, that's a great question. Thanks. So uh, after Free to Lead, you know, I was in this habit of writing, and I kept writing, and I wrote essentially two books. One was called Accelerating Man, and the second one was called um, Conspiracy for Good. And so the first one, Accelerating Man, was very much about the get right. It was mostly get right and live right. And then Conspiracy for Good was very much the lead right and leave right. Um, so if you read either of those two books, and I would encourage you not to. You know, I never, I kind of, I, I sent them to anybody who wanted to, but they were very flawed and um, very rambling um, and didn't, did not integrate very well. But, you know, it was almost like two long, extensive blogs that grew out of what I had learned with OBT from launching F3 and what I was continuing to learn. Uh, just like five years ago. That was the first that was like uh, six or seven years ago I was writing those books. So anyway, when I had this uh, bout of old man back, you know, uh, this um, disc problem I had, and I finally accepted the fact that I could not work out, that it was just making it worse, so I was going to have to take some time off, I decided to go back and, you know, hashtag fix both those books and do something with them. And I found that neither one of them were good enough to, I thought, publish. You know, I just didn't think they were good enough. I liked the ideas. I just didn't like the way they were organized. So I took them, and I had all this time because I couldn't work out. So I started cramming them together and discarding stuff. That was the biggest thing I did. I just started to – there was a lot of half-baked stuff in there I just got rid of. And I, I, made, I ended up with one book uh, that was cohesive enough that – I could put it into like 50 separate chapters and it, it really organized itself into the four quadrants, you know, as I wrote it. So I was really 
kind of taking a, a mass of words and paring them down to what I thought had value and then reorganizing them so they would be useful, and that ended up four quadrants and 50 cue points. Uh, so that's how that all came about. When I was doing that, it was really my intention of having kind of what you'd see on the website now, which is just the posts so that people could look at them and use them repeatedly or whatever they wanted to do with them. And I really thought I would just – the quadrants would be and the cue points would be things that other guys could weigh in right on, right? So like they could write about the king or whatever they wanted to do. I was trying to establish a framework. But when I got it all done, you know, and I kept going through it, I'm like, I thought it was good enough to publish. I mean, I don't – wouldn't claim it's some kind of great literary work. It's obviously not. But I thought it was useful in the way that a military field manual was. And you, you were in the Marine Corps, so you have field manuals. You know, the Army Leadership Field Manual is, is not a work of art, but it's a useful uh, piece of doctrine to help people understand, soldiers understand the Army leadership philosophy. So that's ultimately what the Q-Source morphed into, was my attempt to set forth a field manual for F3, F3 leadership philosophy. That's what, that's what it is ultimately became. And then... In my church at Waypoint, uh, I wanted to start a, like a leadership group, so I did. And uh, you came to that a few times, and it really wasn't a Q-Source group. It was just we were using the Q-Source. I think it was even before the Q-Source was published. We were using the Q-Points, you know, as the, as the curriculum. And uh, we ran out of space and time and all that stuff. We ended up doing the leadership class in another location at a, at a bagel shop and uh, – it, that morphed into its own thing. And then when the book got published, uh, I was gratified, surprised, and amazed to see Q-Source groups starting in other regions. I mean, I, I, I never thought of that, that anybody would ever do that. But when you write something, you're like, you don't think anybody's ever going to read it. I mean, it just, it, it's just so personal to you. So, uh, yeah, what's, what, the outgrowth of that and then having guys jump in like Stinger and Short Circuit and FIAB and jump in and want to help promote, and you and other guys, obviously, promote the ideas, uh, that's just been a tremendous honor for me and, uh, and um, amazement as I stand back and watch that happen. So uh, as many things in F3 have transpired, I would say it was similar to this idea of trying to be 43 feet ahead me trying to do something useful and productive with my injured time and then coming out with something that has turned out to, to be effective. And um, I'm pretty gratified by that, brother. So thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, and I, I think the, the one thing that Podpaxer should take from that is he could have, um, I mean, he, the guy loves to work out. And so when he was hurt, he could have just, you know, grabbed his oversized pillow and, and, you know, filled a bucket of tear, you know, filled a bucket every day with the well, I tears. Did that, I did that too. I did that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the diagnosis and then say, by God, I'll be, I'll show them. And, you know, I, I, I cried in a bucket of tears. I hate, I hated that time period. And, uh, you know, there was a, there was time where all I could do was walk. And, uh, I was, there was times where I wouldn't wear any F3 shirt. I didn't want to be seen doing it. I mean, I was so, I don't know, it was, it was weird. I was ashamed of being hurt. I was ashamed of being injured. Uh, 
But now looking back on it, I see how God was really trying to do a couple things in my life. One was I was idolizing fitness, not um, not like not the being fast or anything. I was idolizing my own durability. Like I would always say, I never get hurt. I'm not the fastest guy. I'm not the strongest guy, but I'm the most durable guy. And I idolized that. And uh, the only way that you can lose an idol if you refuse to do it on your own is for God to take it away from you. That's my belief system. And he did. And uh, he showed me that I'm not durable, and he put me on the bench for nine months. And uh, it was, at, when I was going through it, it made me incredibly unhap- unhappy. But after the fact, it's made me incredibly joyful because now I, it's taught me reinforced my belief that I can't rely on my own body or myself. I have to rely fully on God. And that's been a great thing for me. So I hated it, as you always hate discipline when you're going through it. Uh, But now I look back and uh, I fully embrace it because uh, I really needed it. And I'm I'm just going to give you an amen right there. I I feel like we could probably fill a half hour just talking about um, that section of time. And so I'm just going to give you an amen, and we're going to move on to the next topic. You good with that? You're the boss. Next one, uh, you passed um, You passed over your, your title, your leadership role, uh, as Nantan for F3 Nation to slaughter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the disclaimer. If you've, you couldn't have found a better guy. That is the guy, right? And so I'm, first of all, I'm going to give you the, uh, the applause to say you found the right guy. And then um, I'm just going to open it up. Anything you want to share um, kind of about handing off? I, I know you also are very proud of Slaughter, somebody you've uh, been with a long time. Anything you want to share on there, I'm just going to open it up and, and give you the floor for a second. Sure, thanks. Uh, you know, the role of Nantan as being CEO of F3 Nation, F3N, and the F3 Foundation, that evolved over 10 years, so... You know, at one point in time, I was the, the Nantan of F3 Metro, but then we just called it F3 because we didn't have anything else, you know. And it, it evolved into a, a, uh, a very complicated set of duties and responsibilities that we were always extremely aggressive about getting help with. And we shuffled the deck on our leadership, on our SLT a lot, um, and, but we finally boiled it down to, you know, four guys, uh, and ultimately five guys that um, kind of formed the core of that. And uh, I know you know all about it because, you know, you were part of the, a large part of all of that. Um, but we we finally got it to that point. So I would say really over the last, starting maybe in 2017 is when the real Nantan job, as it exists today, came into full um, full uh, configuration. And about that time, I started thinking about who was going to be the next guy, because I think that's what you have to do. And of course, I preached that repeatedly in, in uh, QSource and in Free to Lead, I believe. I to go back and read it, but I think we were always saying that, that you know, a leader develops some leaders, and if you camp out in a job, well, you're not, you're not giving them leadership opportunities. And it's not good for an organization for one guy to stay that long. So Probably 2017, I was determined to find the next guy, and I was given a lot of thought, and, uh, you know, we were 
moving forward, and it became increasingly clear to me that it was going to be one of two or three guys. And uh, I started asking everybody in the SLT and on the board to tell me, give me your list of, of the guys that you think the next Nantan should be. And I asked every man, um, including my shield lock, tell me who your top three guys should be, and got those lists and prayed about it, thought about it, and uh, Slaughter came to the top of that list. And uh, I was very joyful about that because it meant that the answer that I got, I got from external sources and accountability and all that was the same answer that my gut was telling me. You know, if, it would have been a, a leadership dilemma for me if, the, if those two names were different uh, because, you know, every leadership is shared leadership. And for me to ask for help amongst the, the men I'm sharing leadership with, have them tell me their opinion and advice, have it ubiquitously come to the same place, and for me to disregard that advice because my gut was telling me different, I wouldn't have liked that. It wouldn't have been a good thing. That would have been difficult. But the blessing here is that it didn't happen, that, that, that there was unanimity, unanimity amongst everyone that Slaughter was to be, should be the guy. So that was easy. So ultimately, uh, I guess a month ago or whenever, a couple of weeks ago when I passed the flag to him, that was probably one of the easiest things I've ever had to do as the Nantan because I knew I was putting the responsibility, not just the flag, you know, that just, that's just a symbolic representation, but placing into his hands the power, authority, and responsibility that goes with the position, and I had zero qualms about it, no reservations. And uh, I, I think that that, for any leader uh, who has spent, as much time and energy as I have on an organization, and I have spent some time and energy on it, to be able to hand it over to a man that you completely trust and have complete faith in, that's a blessing, and uh, that's, that's where we are. I know, because I just know the guy, that he's going to take us to a, a different and higher plane, and I'm just going to you know, stand back and watch and say, man, I, mean, I never thought of that, and I don't think I could have gotten us there, and here's this guy doing it, and... Uh, Nothing but blessings. So that's, that's been probably, if you ask me what are my top three moments of F3 as Nantan, that's, that's going to be in the top three. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do a couple things there. For all the podpacksers, uh, Slaughter is going to be an upcoming roundtable guest so we can get a, a, good, um, you know, a good podcast with him and, and kind of where he's going and where his mind's at uh, since taking over. And then – Next one for me is I just, on behalf of the nation, I get to thank people a lot. And we're going to thank you, and OBT, for starting this, but we're also going to, you know, thank you for 10 years of steering the ship. Um, because, I, you know, I will tell you that there were a lot of times it probably wasn't easy when you were steering the ship. There's a lot of guys, um, and there's a lot of healthy tension. There, there's a lot of really fun times, but there's a lot of healthy tension of how guys want to use F3. And I know, you, you know, you had to make some hard had some hard discussions and hard choices in there. Um, so I'm just going to say thanks, because you did a great job for 10 years. So Well, thanks, brother. But, you know, that to me, that tension, and you called it healthy tension, and I agree with that characterization. I think that's indicative and emblematic of the lifeblood of a healthy uh, organization. So the fact that there's disagreement about what F3 does and should do, and all that disagreement fits within the core principles of the mission and the credo, I think that's what makes us strong. And the fact that we can have hard discussions 
uh, amongst us disagree about how things should happen in our communities is why F3 is a durable organization. You don't have to think the same thing or believe in all the same things to be a member of F3. Now, that doesn't mean we're all going to water down what we believe in the name of unity. I don't think that makes any sense either. I think we should be united in our disunity. In other words, we don't believe the same things necessarily, whether that be a, a, a worldview or whether that be practical solutions to how we solve the problems that face our communities. We don't have to all agree on that and shouldn't. What we have to do is in those discussions and those arguments we have over to how to move forward is we have to be respectful amongst one another and never get the feeling in our own minds that we say, well, I can't be in this organization with this guy because he doesn't see things the way I do. Because once you go down that road, then you will be disunited. And that's the thing I keep stressing. And in social media and discussions, whatever, I keep inviting disagreement and meeting it head on because what I'm trying to do is set the example of how men argue, how they disagree on things, and how they should argue on the merits and not attack each other's character and not get mad over it. They can be passionate and should. For instance, I'm very passionate about uh, schools reopening. I'm very passionate that virtual school is detrimental to the community. I know there's other men that disagree. Disagree all you want. Let's, do, let's, let's disagree and, and talk about it. Um, I, and I'm, but I believe that should, be, that should be something that we're willing to do. Same thing with racial issues in our communities. I think we should be talking about them. I think we should be disagreeing about them. I think we should be, you know, as, uh, you know, what, exactly what, uh, what Tommy Boy said, I think it was either on your program or it might have been on, I guess it was on uh, the COT last week, talked about how he as a Nantan dealt with disagreement within the Greensboro region. I mean, that's a model for us all. You don't ignore it. You don't demand that everyone agree on the same thing or, and then uh, foist upon men some sort of fake unity where we all pretend we agree on the same thing. No, you, you have the discussion. But as a leader, you say, we're not going to attack each other's character because we disagree on things. We're going to be respectful of each other and each other's uh, viewpoints, allow each other to speak, and then we're going to talk it out. And if we can't reach a consensus on everything, we, we reach a consensus on everything we can agree upon. And as long as, every, as a man is within the core principles, willing to live within the core principles, not only do I say he can think whatever he wants and say whatever he wants, I'm going to say he must think whatever he wants and say whatever he wants. Otherwise, this organization stands for nothing. I'm going to give you an amen there. I'm also going to tell you um, it's really easy to love another man from 515 to 6 o'clock. Um, or for 5.30 to 6.15, whatever your workouts are. Um, if you truly love him, you'll pay attention to him the rest of the, the, rest of the day. And so um, yeah, I'm going I'm I'm to give you an name in there. Go ahead. I know you got one more thing. Go ahead and say it. Well, the last thing I was going to say is when I, when I was in the Army, um, we, would, uh, we, you know, we did PT every morning, and that, that habit I had was part and parcel of what F3 when I, OBT and I started, that's what I was seeking, seeking that daily discipline of physical training for a lot of reasons. But one thing, you know, I can't, were you an officer or an enlisted guy in the Marine Corps? Can I recall? Oh, I was always enlisted. Don't ever, like, don't ever be putting that kind of 
Shinola on me, man. It was all enlisted. Well, the reason I asked that is because I, I, I didn't want to make any assumptions about what your recollections might be. But as an officer in the, in the military, you have a difficult job in, a, in many respects because one of the things is you're looking out for your platoon company, whatever, and your, your allegiance to your own men. But you also have an allegiance to the chain of command. And so if you're a company commander, for instance, you've got platoon leaders and you've got 100 guys that you're, you're responsible for, but you also owe a duty to your battalion commander to follow his orders and to follow the uh, recommendations of his staff that are related to his orders. And what that means is there's always a tension between, let's say, what the S1, the personnel guy says on, on behalf of the battalion commander as a staff member and what a company commander wants to happen with his men. And a lot of times those disagreements uh, produce some rancor and, and some, some frayed feelings, which is why when I was in a battalion, at the, say at the company level, uh, and they, uh, the battalion staff, commander, whatever, would come down and work out through PT with my platoon, that went a long way in, in reconciling our disagreements. It was amazing that, you know, as a young platoon leader, I'm doing platoon with my PT, well, I'm doing PT with my platoon, and the S1, who's a captain, outranks me. You know, we are disagreeing over things. He comes down and works out with us. He does PT, and he walks up and says, Lieutenant Redding, can I join your platoon for PT? I'm like, yes, sir, absolutely. 45 minutes later, he's made an ally. You know, we may be disagreeing over some award that he, I wrote up and he rejected, but 45 minutes of, you know, scrambling around in the mud or running hard, and guess what? We see, we, we understand each other. Don't agree, but understand each other. And that's the beauty of the pain and the chaos of, work, of going to a workout because it helps you set aside the differences that you have while you're warm and fat and happy sitting in an office. And I think F3's done a great job of replicating that. Um, now, when I was at the battalion level, because I was a battalion operations officer later in time, and those company commanders would be mad at stuff that I was doing. I knew that. And if I went down and worked out with their company uh, and spent time with them and did stuff with them in the field, well, then they could, I did the same thing in reverse because that's what I learned. I learned that if you suffer with men, that that, that, that produces understanding. From suffering comes understanding, shared suffering. And that's all South is. And that's why I'm so dedicated yeah. to the GTE program because – you know, well, we, uh, if we went, travel around. Hey, hold on a second. So, go ahead. Sorry. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You almost sound like you've been in this podcast business for a while because you just did a beautiful <laughs> transition to what our next topic is, which is for all you guys that haven't signed up yet, go to the website, get signed up because this GTE is about to explode. So Bono did a great job pushing it, and Gus is stepping in. He's going to push it farther. We got a great thing at Cadre, and – Take it from here. Go. Yeah, good setup. Yeah, so uh, probably most people listening to this also know what the GT is, the Grow Up Training Exercise, weekend-long exercise where we do various things, uh, various, we have various phases that are part of it, but starts on Friday night, goes through Sunday morning. But the idea is to transport this culture to another region. So when we go to uh, San Antonio, which we're planning to go very soon, uh, you know, we have a Friday night rally where we, you know, have some social experiences and then probably Slaughter will get up and go through a drill about F3, the culture and the mission and all that. 
Uh, next morning, a, a workout is done led by probably Slaughter and Dark Helmet. If they're the if they're the C's, what we call the cadres, uh, and they will lead that. And then they will lead a class in the morning, a grow, uh, growth class, where they teach the, some of the tenets that uh, are part of the F3 leadership system. And then that evening, uh, starting you know about dusk, we'll do a what basically is a, a go ruck tough. It's not because we, we no longer do it through go ruck anymore, but we'll take them through a, a ruck training exercise. And you know that, and I know you've done them, and I've done them. Uh, many of them, and you get under the log together, and then it takes all those lessons that you learned throughout the day and the, and the previous evening, and it brings them together under periods of high stress and limited visibility, and it breaks all down down all those walls we all have, and it forges a team. And uh, you know I've done a couple of these now as a trainer, as as a as a C rather, as a cadre. I got that backwards. The T's are what uh, Doa and uh, Slaughter are. So as a C, I've done a few of them now, and I I got to watch it happen. When you're under the log, you can't really see it happen because you're, you know, you're getting crushed. But when you're not under the log, when you're when you're the guy applying the stress, I can see it happen. I could see men grow into themselves and grow these bonds with other guys. It takes 12 hours. You know, over the course of 12 hours of the ruck phase, you you literally watch it happen. And uh, I, I'm that's my focus for this year is to. I'm hoping, and it's up to Gus, obviously, to be a C for each one of these GTEs that we're doing, um, and I've got the time blocked out. So uh, that's my that's my big thing for this year to see that happen. And now, um, I guess the other one, you and I need to just kind of upsell a little bit because a lot of the podpacksers are probably guys who have never done a grow rock, or they probably. They've never done a grow ruck, they've never done a go ruck event. And you and I are going to tell them if they're doing F3 three or four times a day and they got that ruck on, and you need to get some mileage in, you need to get your feet hard, you get you need to get your footwear right, all that kind of stuff. They're going to be able to do this event. Just give the guys some free advice on that they can do yeah. this. If they're going to F3, they can do it. So sell that, upsell that for me. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's out there thinking they can't do it, if you are uh, – Sorry, I dropped one of my pods, earpieces here. If you are, if you participate in F3 for at least six months and you're going to three or four workouts a week and you can boot camp weeks and boot camps and you can handle that, then you, you can do a grow rock, uh, a GT. You, you can do it. Um, it. The better shape you're in, the less painful it'll be, obviously. Uh, but I would say that minimum level of fitness and every time we go do one of these things, I, I can just tell in the first five minutes who's, get, who's at the minimum, who's at the maximum, and who's below the minimum. And we lose a couple guys each time, and uh, they, they do the best they can, but they, they realize that they just weren't sufficiently trained enough. And if I talk to them afterwards, get a chance to, I find the same thing, that they, they weren't going to three or four workouts a week. They, you know, maybe they'd gotten to one or two a week, or they, uh, maybe the workouts they were going to were a little less strenuous. Uh, I agree with what C-SPAN said. Uh, I would go under, I would put a rucksack on my back, put about 30 or 40 pounds in it, make sure that I could, I could go maybe 15-minute miles for about five miles at a minimum. I think if you can do that, you're probably going to scrape by. Um, you might want to double that just to be on the safe side. Make sure you can go 10 miles at about 15 minutes a mile. If you can do that, um, you're in better better position. You might want to get some logs if you're in a region where you're training for it. 
there, that there's no better training than being on new log because that's a whole new level of pain. But if you don't do the logs, and in Metro they always have. It's funny, we, you know, from the very start um, have, and we've got a bunch of logs here now. Um, that, that's, that's very good training for a go rock, but it, it's not necessary. Um, but if you haven't done any of that stuff, but you're a tough guy, probably got it out too. The first one we did here in Metro in 2012, we had no idea what it was. Absolutely zero idea what we were doing. And I think of the 30 guys that started, we lost one guy, 29 guys. And, uh, and, and, uh, each one of those 29 guys could tell you that he had his ass handed it to him, you know, but it, it was brutal. But we were in good enough shape because we'd been doing that for for a year to be able to withstand it. All right, I'm just going to give you an amen on that. If you haven't signed up, go sign up. And then um, yeah. a couple other final topics. I um, I know you're doing some more writing this year, and I wanted to make sure the podpacksers knew what you guys what you guys what you're working on because I think the guys always want to are kind of tracking on stuff. So I, I follow you on LinkedIn, and so there, there's this L source, and then there's the Collision Learner. Can you kind of expand on both of those for the podpacks and kind of what you've been working on, yeah. or what your plan is for 2021 on both of those? Yeah, so the L source is a book that's similar to the Q source, but it's it's written for litigators. That's my day jobs. I'm a commercial litigator, so I took the the job of a litigator and broke it into the component parts. What I think a litigator needs to accomplish his mission. So part of it is you know what the mission is and uh, of the, of a litigator, the foundation he needs to set so that he's effective. And then how he goes about doing that. What are the things he needs to know? What are the mission essential skills that he needs to have? And uh, what's the critical path of litigation that he needs prepared to, to follow? So that uh, project took me two years and uh, took me a lot longer than I thought it would take and ended up being a lot longer than I thought it would be. But I haven't published that book uh, for now. Uh, I think I ultimately will. But for now, I'm, I'm disseminating it uh, by by. The goal is to put out a piece of it a week. I think I've gotten off that schedule in January because I've been, I've been doing a lot of litigating. So I haven't been able to do it with the consistency that I wanted to do it, but that's my plan. So if you are a, a lawyer and you're interested in kind of finding out how F3 leadership philosophy could be integrated into your life as a lawyer, into your professional life, the L source would be uh, – I think would be helpful to you. So I would recommend that to you. The website is um, themissionallitigator.com. The other thing you mentioned, C-SPAN, is the Collision Learner. And uh, that's another website that I'm trying to launch. And this is to promote the ideas of the Q-Source, like it's the next step past the Q-Source. So I am a famously horrible classroom student like I cannot learn didactically. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. Um, I, I can, you can tell me things and I'll remember them, but it doesn't really, I don't really learn them until I smash my face against it by trying to go the other direction, right? So that's the idea of collision learning, you know? So most of the things that I know in life, I, I've learned by colliding with failure. So that, that theme, that idea of learning through failure and colliding with it, uh, that's that's the idea behind the collision learner. So uh, that is also something I intend to post on about it once a week and have gotten off schedule already here in January. But uh, that website is collisionlearner.com, 
And if you're interested in that kind of thing, then you can jump on there. Actually, while we talk about this, I'll make sure I'm right about that website. Yeah, collisionlearner.com. Um, I'm also, there's a section on there called the Butcher's Word, which um, I and others who participate in uh, Collision Learner, like Dr. Helmut's going to, I've got some other guys in mind. When, and anybody out there, if you watch something, read something, try something, and you want to write about eh, 500 to 1,000 words about it because you think it would be helpful to other men, um, uh, I think the thing that's on there right now is about Ted Lasso, you know, the TV series. Uh, but anything. I don't, it could be that you tried um, intermittent fasting and, and you want to make a recommendation about it. If you give me 500 to 1,000 words on that, we'll put that on there. Uh, that's that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. So it's not this is not just me, but it's 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 hopefully it's going to be as I gain momentum, it's going to be guys that uh, are are actively writing about things that they are learning that are related to leadership, and I and I hope to kind of co- uh, collate those things and put them on this website, Collision Learner, so that they'll be uh, accessible to men in F3 outside of men of F3 to help them be better leaders. Well, and I, I'm going to tell you, um, <clears throat> as far as the old source of your businessman, because uh, I know I've been following him, what he talks about with lawyers applies to, in like in my world, logistics or anything else. You can, uh, a lot of the principles that he brings up in L source are similar to Q source, and that you can, you can apply those in, in your, whatever kind of industry you're in. He's just using the, uh, you know, his industry as the basis, but you can, you can take those lessons and, and apply them. The collision learner. Yeah, um, I, I appreciate you. Appreciate you saying. I just want to jump in real quick and say, uh, there's going to be parts of it that you'd be like, "This is so deep in the esoteric weeds of being a litigator; it's not helpful." But you're right. I did write it with the idea that there would be general principles that you could say, "Well, I'm a logistician, but I could use, particularly in the team building. How do you build a team in a corporate organization, particularly one that's not very effective? Like, how do I how do I do that?" So. Uh, uh, thanks for the kudos on that, C-SPAN, because I kind of forgot to mention yeah. that. Yeah, and I think the uh, the butcher's word and the collision learner, um, for those of you who have been around for a while, this is basically the art of the backblast. Um, this used to be, at the end of every backblast, there was the, we used to call it like the naked man moleskin. Um, and the key would give you a, just a whatever was on their mind. So it was basically, you know, whatever they were watching on TV, you know, was fish wrap, you were going to get some kind of music review. I mean, there was literally everything. And so this collision learner is going to be cool because it's going to be an interesting collection of, of guys and what's on their mind and what they're experiencing. So uh, I'm, that was my selling point. I don't know if you want to add anything there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's um, a lot of guys come to me from time to time and say, I think you stole something from the wire or stole something from uh, – uh, Sons of Anarchy or something like that, and I, say, and I laugh, I go, something. I mean, I've stolen, you know, or I, I guess been influenced by, and I try to cite it properly so it's not stealing, but ideas that I've gotten from fiction, um, because a lot of those ideas are, are great, you know, and there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. So um, I think the Ted Lasso thing is a, is a great example. I, I was not watching Ted Lasso. And somebody, is actually my law partner, kept hammering me on it. He's like, listen, you would love this. I'm like, ah, soccer, nah. And he's like, trust me, just trust me. 
trust me. Finally, I'm like, well, that's my whole spiel about the butcher's word is, you know, trusting the butcher rather than ramming my head, my own head up a cow's butt. So I watched it, and, you know, of course, he was absolutely right. It is just a piece of leadership art, and it extols the very virtues of shared leadership that are are that are weaved through the Q source and are, are at the heart of F3. And, uh, and I just binged it after that. So then, of course, having seen that, I want to share that idea with other people and say, you know, here's something that you could watch and learn a lot from. And, uh, and that's really the best leadership books are like that. You know, they tell you a story, and in that story is the foundation of a lesson that you can walk away from and say, I'll, you know, I'll never forget that. Uh, so that's what I'm shooting for. You're right, it, it does harken back to the original uh, Naked Man Moleskin, and uh, I love when I read a you know a retro backblast where a guy has done that, uh, and because uh, I'm kind of kind of miss the art of the backblast a lot, uh, and because uh, that that's really who, who we are as men, right? I mean, you're trying to figure something out, and you go to another guy, hey man, how do I do this? And the guy's like, oh well, it's like this or that's like that, and you trust the guy, um, and that's who we're supposed to be. That's F three one hundred one, man. Yeah, and, and I'm going to tell you, um, I got. You know, I'm a guy who was an Antan. I've kind of done all this stuff with expansion. I got to the point I love an AAR. Like, I want a little blurb on social media because I realized a lot of times I was writing that backblast. I felt like, well, in the beginning, I knew you and Go. There were a lot of guys who read everything on the website, which was great. Um, but I realized the Believe, I believe it or not, I, I, read, I read every backblast for, I don't know, into halfway through 2013, like Raleigh, you know, everywhere, uh, you know, the lake, like we had four regions. Of what, I read every single one until it got to be 100. And then I realized, so we used to have a section on the website that had everybody's websites on it, or everybody's uh, backlash yep. on it. Yep. And I would look I at remember. those. And, uh, yeah, and then I remember the day when I, I realized I, it, it's going to take me two hours to do this, which is, a, the blessing of our growth, but also the loss of the proximity and kind of the intimacy between, and that's when we also realized, wow, we got to figure out a better way or a, 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 a more effective way of having F3 co, you know, cohesion amongst the different regions than sitting here reading all the backlash because we simply couldn't do it. Because um, they've always been the, the best way we have to, to spread the word and to, to get the word out. Well, brother, we are on top of our time. And I, um, I, each week I like to give the guests uh, an opportunity to address the nation, and I'll, uh, I'll do that for you. You can have closing comments. Well, I'm going to make the same closing comments um, that I more or less made uh, when I passed the flag, which is, you know, now that I'm a, a no longer uh, in the leadership and have um, rejoined the ranks of the members of the three, uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, just enjoying workouts and being around guys. I'm going to try to get as to many regions as I can, um, not just uh, go rock, but not just GTE, but um, Troubadour and all that stuff. So I look forward to meeting some guys that I've been reading about for a long time but I haven't actually met, um, and I hope I get a chance to meet uh, meet some guys out there really soon. So thanks for the opportunity to see Stan. I think first time I've ever been on a roundtable, maybe. Um, so I really appreciate it. I've always, I'm a, as they say, long-time listener. Um, I, I listen to the roundtable every week, and 
learn a heck of a lot about F3 and its culture and what other guys are doing from it. So uh, you've really found your niche, brother. This is a great job you're doing, and, and I'll, I'll always listen to the roundtable as long as it's coming out. So thanks. And then uh, I'm going to give you a nice hard knuckle bump um, from Pennsylvania or from Philly to, uh, today, and I'm going to say, brother, have a great weekend. For the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. See you. Hi. See you, brother.